Hello, Brainiacs. Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. I am flying solo, but just for a minute, Sarah will be here any second, and we have a special guest today, too, and we're talking about something very touchy. So, before we get started, are you following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're everywhere, and are you subscribing to our YouTube channel? Because we have live events every Wednesday night watching Rivals 3. You can ask us questions. We'll answer them right there. And we have our web series, Back to Reality. We have some cool guests coming up, Kellyanne, some other uh, secrets we will share with you. It's really fun. Do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for the challenge. Um, but today, we're talking about abortion. So, like, let me give you a little warning. There's a lot of you that are probably pro-life. You're probably really awesome people. Sarah and I are pro-choice, and our guest today works for a national women's health care organization. So she's pro-choice. And so this isn't going to be fair and balanced. You're not going to hear a healthy dialogue between the sides. You can find that elsewhere or do your own podcast. We are just kind of talking about abortion, how it affects women, what's at stake in this election, some facts about what what's going on with uh, legislation and Congress and the Supreme Court, just stuff that will keep you informed. But I don't want your hate mail. You guys go to thebraincandypodcast.com, which, by the way, you should do because we have amazing stuff like our anti-bananas pin. Um, but you guys go there and send me these messages. And I know it's going to get ugly for this abortion situation, but please can it. I know the arguments. I used to be pro-life. I used to pick it and volunteer and do all kinds of stuff for the movement. I changed my mind. I'm pro-choice now. So you can find out why and keep listening, or you can turn this off, <laughs> or you can just keep listening and get mad and send me messages that I won't open. So whatever you think. But anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. It's meant to be fun and interesting and informative it is not meant to be fair and balanced, so don't get it twisted. But let's do this, people. Let's get started on a borscht. Jessica, thank you for coming on this show. Let me get your title right. You are an organizer for a national reproductive rights organization. I can't believe we have you here. We, we have a lot of questions. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. All We're right. so happy to have you. Sarah, where do we begin? I mean, Sarah Rice. Yeah, me. Well... First and foremost, I guess, what made you passionate about the work or what drove you to the work that you do now? Yeah, good question. And what is some of the work that you do now? So we can share with our listeners who are like, hmm, I think I have reproductive rights. Who supports those? And where do I go for that? <laughs> that's that's an amazing question. Um, I feel like it can sometimes be hard to answer because there are so many different like things that have happened throughout my life that led me to this path. Um, from in first grade, going to Catholic school and having a teacher write on the board, like letters for children for us to write when we barely knew how to read that were like writing to our legislators, please stop abortion because it's wrong. <gasps> and what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, you're out I of the loop, Sarah. <laughs> I was a pretty, you know, I was, I asked a lot of questions as a kid and I said, well, wait, what's abortion? And, you know, they gave me. They're, what they said that it was, and they said it's when a mom kills her baby, and I oh. thought kind of strange, and, you know, I asked my mom, you know, I went home and asked her, and she was furious, and she's yeah. like, you know, this is a really complicated subject, and 
why are you six and I'm, me, I'm having to explain this? And um, so I think it, it started out from being in an environment that was not sex positive, that dealt with a lot of, that talked a lot about sex, but in like this like shroud of shame. Mm. Yes. Especially for women, not for men too. Oh, a hundred percent. Is that not the truth? Exactly. Like having my sex education initially was just don't have sex. We're not going to tell you (laughs) what sex is, but don't have it. But if you do have sex and get pregnant, you can't have an abortion. So it was very confusing. Can I ask you a question? Since we are on the subject, what did your parents, if ever, did they, I mean, because at one point they have to, you, you talk about your vagina and penises and things like that, not, you know, uh, did they have, did they call it by the anatomical terms or did they have, did your parents call private parts by a nickname? Oh, my mom actually really sh- like strive to like use the correct term. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yes. Right. Good. Well, that's um, not it terrible. Was, it was definitely interesting because um, my father was super Catholic. My mom was not. I went to Catholic school for my dad's benefit. So it was like going to school and getting these messages and then going home and having my mom extremely frustrated trying to ah, undo it. You had a mom who was on the other side. Right, right. Um, but I definitely feel like being in that atmosphere that was extremely conservative really kind of primed me to think about these issues, especially in the context of gender, and then going to high school and having friends who would have pregnancy scares and mm. having, uh, you know, sex education that was technically comprehensive, but not actually, um, consent was never discussed. It was very heteronormative. Oh, you know, that's a really good point. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Consent was never, ever, ever a part of my sex ed curriculum. Right? Yeah. That's terrible. I can't believe that. I didn't even think that that is something that just, I don't know. It doesn't even come up. doesn't even come up. Yeah. Which is concerning because obviously sexual violence is a huge deal. Yeah. Well, so, okay. In, in your work, how do you combat what is like already put into place, which is that people don't often understand consent or even their own bodies like oh that's a big one orange is the new black when they were like checking out inside their vaginas (laughs) and i was like yeah i get that yeah and sophia had to explain that there are three holes not one right (laughs) right so what do you do how do you begin to undo that um well in my job specifically um i work with college students and actually some high school students around reproductive rights and I really kind of uh, let them lead the way as far as whatever their school needs. So for some schools, like, they're having a situation where they want to have, like, sex trivia, things around comprehensive sex education, because sadly, a lot of whether or not you are familiar with sex education and really know what's going on is dependent upon, you know, whether you had a gym teacher that happened to want to tell you the right thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, so that's part of it. You know, it's interesting that it all comes down to gym class, that we put the same, like, <laughs> yes. I mean, I really just feel like the, the guy who's teaching me how to throw a baseball well, should not also teach me how to receive a penis. <laughs> like, that's a problem for me. Or a woman. I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like they're, like, I don't, I would like a special class that is really, you know, tells you how it is and it has... It is a different environment than somebody I'm going to have to, like, I don't know, go play t-ball with. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, like, there's there's so much there. Like, 
as far as even like sex being there's pleasure is rarely talked about so it's this thing shrouded oh, in shame so people don't huge. talk about and that's that's also i think a contributing reason why some folks are afraid to go get tested yeah. or don't know that they're supposed to go get tested because they it's you know not something you're really supposed to talk about well you it's, said one word earlier that really i think is is uh a word that it kind of describes all this is like shame like there's so much shame from you've said you felt shame when you were younger like we feel shame talking about it in high school we've because there's all this like shame wrapped around something that is as natural as eating and breathing and everything that's so crazy Mm -hmm. and it's it's really it's unfortunate because then this you know carries into you know, one in four women being sexually assaulted, you know, when they're in school. And for like some folks, they might not understand why that's a reproductive rights issue. Um, But like reproductive rights is about, you know, having like the right to your own body, the right to autonomy. And, you know, sexual violence is obviously like the ultimate betrayal of that right. So that's why that's part of the conversation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Jessica, do you encounter a lot of people, either in your day-to-day life or at work, who are pro-life and then you you have to have a conversation with them? And if so, because a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, are anti-choice or pro-life. And so I wonder, like, how do you have a meaningful dialogue? Um, I am so glad that you asked that question. So I think a big thing that I've learned in this work, because another big piece of my work is just straight up reducing abortion stigma. Yeah. Um, And uh, that means, you know, having when people find out what for, I do for a living, it's very quickly like we're about to get it's about to get deep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Because everyone Me feels too. really passionately um, one way or the other. But what I really found is that, you know, these labels like pro-life and pro-choice, if you say you're pro-life and I'm like, well, I'm pro-choice, that's not really conducive to having a dialogue. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like shutting down. The, it's really hard to even move anywhere forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had conversations with those people. And like, what I really say is kind of just centered the woman in that experience, because I think, especially in a lot of these arguments, that what that's what gets lost is a woman making a decision. And I believe, I really believe that women are the experts on their own lives and experiences. And I trust mm-hmm. them to make decisions about those. And I believe that women deserve um, to have factual, unbiased information about these things. And from there, they will know what's best for them. Um, can I, can I ask yeah. you, what do you feel is the most dangerous piece of information or like misconception that's floating around out there? Good question. Because so- I'll tell you recently, I was on a challenge. This last challenge I was on, 
-hmm. I brought up this same subject and I was met with people who were convinced that certain things were facts that, you know, it was the same, it was the, uh, that case a little, a few months ago or now maybe a year ago about the people who were saying things and then, uh, they went back and they got indicted for, Yeah. 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 Okay. So that was like a big old lie that was floating around. And so what are ones that you'd like to set the record straight about? That's a great question. Um, I think, um, and what you're referring um, to the smear campaign against Planned Parenthood, um, and it's it's really great that that um, ended up the folks who made that they're in jail now, and that's fantastic. Yeah. But it wasn't at, but like the cost was a lot of states still defunded Planned Parenthood, which was really bad. We could possibly get into that later. But um, I think like as far as misconceptions, um, I think I think there are two that come to mind. Um, connected with that. The first one um, is uh, specifically related to that video, to those videos. Mm-hmm. Um, the Really with those videos, they came out and the rallying cry was, Planned Parenthood is horrible, we need to defund them. They do these horrible things with abortions, we need to defund them. The disconnect though is that Planned Parenthood doesn't receive any funding for abortions whatsoever. Right. Um, except, and it's, uh, right. It, and unless it's in the case of incest or, um, like life of the mother, they, the <sighs> amendment is in place, which states that no, um, no funds go to abortion. So when folks say, you know, Planned Parenthood is horrible because of abortions, let's defund them. What they're actually defunding are, uh, access to birth control, access to affordable STI testing, access to breast cancer and cervical cancer oh. And, uh, and it's, it's not just limited to women. Oh like, gosh. It's yeah, like, no, I know men who have had tons of things to like taken care of with Planned Parenthood and have had their own sexual Everybody health, wins like, when women win. Everyone. Yeah. Didn't right. Gloria Steinem say that, that like you can measure a country's success based on how the women are doing in the country. The, That's the why Oprah has a school for girls because it's like. It doesn't end there. It goes right. to their kids. Yes. That's who's teaching sure. their kids. Oh, so definitely. If they're, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, and it's, this impacts people disproportionately, people of color, people. Yes. Of yes. Absolutely. It does. So, um, what that's, I'd say the biggest misconception, because we're talking about taking away services that one actually do save taxpayers money. The Guggenheim Institute said that uh, every dollar spent on family planning services saves a taxpayer like seven dollars and six cents. That's a big margin. Oh yeah. Oh my god. But also, um, we're talking about really impacting people who don't have another place to go. Um, and you know, these people, when this all went down, we had legislators naming all these places that supposedly women could go to instead of Planned Parenthood. But one, some of them were really goofy, like. You know, dentist's office. Oh or like, my god! god. Like, oh my god! I'm I get nervous enough uh, going to the dentist. I'm not trying to just <laughs> talk here. Like, yeah, I'm sure when half of my mouth is numb, I'd really love to talk to you about that <laughs> one time this weird creep touched me and how I need counseling for it. Why did they even suggest that? Was it relating to oral oh, sex or I'm what? Sure. Think, um, they just really didn't do their research because, like, they need prisons. They need like like old folks' homes. But then there are even some providers that they named that that basically not even gynecological services, but some people that were doing the same services 
were listed, but across the country, various organizations came out and actually said, you know what? We can't take on this patient base. Like one in five, <laughs> one, one in five women visits a Planned Parenthood in her lifetime. We don't right. have, we, we, we're already, it already takes this amount long to get an appointment. We can't take up their patient base. Um, but yeah, so I think um, uh, that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. Um, it has, I mean, like you were saying about, you know, generations, like this has catastrophic circumstances when they're defunded because of the people that they serve and the large amount. I uh, guess that's yeah. what I want to emphasize is that no matter where people stand on the issue, I want them to know that when they vote this year, especially mm-hmm. what is at stake. Yes. So what are people voting for when they vote for, you know, the Democratic or Republican or independent nominee? Uh, I would, that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. This, this um, election is really about access. Um, And from every single level, we need folks like from the president to Senate to Congress, local elections, all of these have great effects. Um, And even when we do talk about like the presidential election, we're not just talking about four to eight years we're talking about possibly decades because the next president could potentially choose up to three seats on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And I personally don't want that person to be the guy that said that women who have abortion should be punished. Oh, my God. That and makes me so, sick. Right. And this could potentially <sighs> it could reverse Roe versus Wade or even like last week we had a, this massive victory with. Thank women. God. Thank, Thank God. God. Thank God. But if that were reversed, like the whole, the whole concept was that was that, you know, there's no choice without access. And that was cutting off access. Yeah. In like a major way. Huge. Right. Well, you know what? I was listening to the radio and for our listeners out there, I I was listening to this on NPR that, you know, they were, they were making, you know, the argument was, well, we want to make these abortion centers safe because they're doing medical services. That's a bunch of horseshit. So... You're allowed to have a baby at home. Mm-hmm. The dangers of having a baby are like a bajillion times greater than having an abortion. You're allowed to get a colonoscopy in a center that's not up to you know those particular standards. And that is many times more dangerous. There's mm-hmm. like a laundry list of things that you can do that's not in any way, shape, or form nearly as routine oh yeah yeah. like that there's there's no risk like this is like so minimal it's so crazy and Susie, for all you listeners out there Susie wrote an amazing what do you call that article but there's like a fancy name for it like like an expose i guess (laughs) um (laughs) on what it was like to work at a what do you call them birth (laughs) Center? crisis center yeah, right. crisis uh, pregnancy crisis center. pregnancy center and it was eye-opening for me absolutely eye-opening that there are these places that make women feel the way that they do and masquerade as something that supports women's reproductive rights well i think yeah i mean so I used to be super pro-life and now I'm not. So I understand both sides. It's not as if I don't understand the issue or why one would be pro-life. I get it. 
Um, but I just think it's important for people to know, uh, the information. So like, as soon as the information was available to me about how, what's happening here and who is responsible for it, which is oftentimes in the case of the pro-life movement, uh, in my experience and both in my research is that there's some dude at the top who's like (laughs) telling all these women who are volunteering, the guy's getting paid and the women are volunteering like with sincere, uh, you know, conviction about the movement. Honestly, I know that they're sincere and they mean well, but they don't realize that some dude, (laughs) I'm biting my tongue, (laughs) is uh, directing on what should happen and why and feeding them uh, falsehoods Mm -hmm. based on theology that is uh, not founded in the truth. Yeah. And so I just want people to be informed. If people know everything and then they're like, no, I'm still pro-choice or uh, still pro-life, I get that. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And I'm more convinced of that if they're also anti-death penalty and taking care of babies and women after they choose life. Like social services, like with like, what is it? I heard somebody say, you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. Yeah. Right, because you don't really do anything that to take care of the out. lives afterwards. Because if you if you look at the all of the the politics behind it and the funding and where the money goes and all that, you realize I don't really think they care about the kids after they're born and the women after they choose life. It's yeah. this weird fetishizing of the fetus, and that is what I do not get. I get it because I did it, but I'm like, wait, keep thinking. We, we can get beyond this and we can look at it in a different way. And you can still love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Right. You know, um, yeah, I think even that you mentioned that that's another misconception is that there's this dichotomy between like being a religious person and being pro-choice. But in fact, most women that have abortions are, you know, identify with the faith are, you know, have yeah, they probably feel shame though, and don't tell anybody, too. That's right, and that's actually that's a great thing to bring up. The another thing I think is really uncommon. Like this is in the news so much, and we hear we hear so much about abortions, right? But um, I think we still rarely hear from women who've had abortions because there's so much shame. But yeah, uh, statistically, and this is something I would really love people to know is that one in three women. Will have an abortion in her lifetime. Right. Hello. What? And one in three. And I think that's I didn't so- even know that. Right. Oh, of course. But but why <laughs> would you? Because. But so- you know what? I know a lot of people who have had that. Of course, we of all course. do. Oh my right? god! Now that I think about it, and if it, you yeah, think you I don't, definitely know one in three. If you think you don't know people that have, you're wrong. You're absolutely you're wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, part of part of my job is collecting stories from women who've had abortions and. Because of the position that I am, I'm kind of like 
people assume that I'm a safe person. So I've had so many people yeah. uh, kind of come out to me, so to speak, to tell me about their stories. And it's, you know, some women, they've told, they've told, you know, their close friends, some people that I talk to, they've only told their partner because yeah. stigmatizing things. So yeah. I think like a big part that I think people aren't always aware of is, you know, folks that do talk about women who've had abortions and shame them. Like you're oh. like, you're, you're likely saying that to someone in person yeah. or online who you're, you know, people you're saying that to people in your life that you care about and they're never going to share that with you because they feel stigmatized. But with that, um, that's actually, I, I go to my office and I work, um, partially at a clinic that has abortions and you know there are protesters every day <laughs> every day wow i always uh, look for them they're not protesters in southern california oh that's good uh, <laughs> but they you know some people they they carry signs that say stuff about you know like you're going to regret this and it bothers me as someone oh. who like I really like facts you know yes and, Statistically, they've done longitudinal research on this, and actually 95% of women who've had abortions, the primary uh, feeling they feel afterwards is relief. Yeah. And women who regret them, and that's valid. Like, every person has their own experience, and, you know, we should honor that. But the strongest correlation between women regretting their abortions is honestly having, like, just the worst support system ever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, like, we, I just want to rally. It's intense. Well, my, uh, have you seen, so my like favorite show in the whole universe is uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. And oh, she yeah. did a <laughs> piece on uh, abortion a while back and like abortion by the numbers and like the amount. <laughs> so these people who say they are pro-life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sent from 1977 to 2015, there have been 185 arson attacks, 42 <laughs> bombings, 100 butric acid attacks, 26 attempted murders, and 11 actual murders yeah. right. from the pro-life. On whom? People. On, against abortion clinics. Yes. Against people who were trying to help women. So... You know, and I was th- I was in the shower the other day, and I was thinking about, like, what are the arguments that I normally hear from people? And the other one is, like, oh, you know, like, because, you know, to me, I, I I think about people who say, who say, well, they have the right to practice their religious freedom. I know. Okay, I'm going to, this is, I'm gonna, I promise there's a point to this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's my belief that the soul enters the body as soon as like in that moment where life begins, like when the baby first takes the first breath, like I really think the soul is like, it leaves, it comes back. It's like, that's my religious belief. So Mm -hmm. why can't I practice that? Like if, if they can, you know, so I have, I was thinking about the people who say, Oh, well, you know, life begins at a heartbeat. So then I went online and this like got me down a rabbit hole. And I was like, well, let me see what else we, we've been able to grow a heart via stem cells that can be it on its own. So do you arrest the man who, grew the heart that beat on its own, then made it stop beating. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's going to be your basis of argument, you know, I just, like, I, I, you know, I went on this, like, t- in my thinking, like, uh, preparing for this episode, just, like, went through, like, all the things that people get behind and say so adamantly, like, this is why I believe this. And, you know, I see so many, 
I don't know, examples where that doesn't fit with somebody's personal theology or where that doesn't really fit with like a scientific model of anything or, you know, all that stuff. And there's really no response to this, but here's the thing. People, uh, are uninformed. And so they believe what their pastor tells them or what, what their family taught them, which is what I did. And then I got an education and found out that that wasn't true. Right. That what I was told to believe I was hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Right. So like I found out that there was a literal phone call that happened amongst evangelical leaders where they're like, Hey, what should we make yes. as the mobilizing I Yes, I saw this too. Amongst voters. And it's mm. like, I got it. Let's think of two things that most people don't have to deal with. Abortion and gay rights. Mm-hmm. Then it's about other people. And so everyone's going to be into that. And this will mobilize voters, and then we'll be super powerful. And this is a real thing that happened. The evangelicals were not in any way concerned with abortion. It was, if anything, maybe a Catholic thing that some Catholics, like, were anti But they didn't even care until this mobilization happened. Literally, they didn't. Like, for sure, people, I promise if you do your research, you will also learn this, and you will be as shocked as we are. I really recommend people checking out Randall Balmer's book, which is Thy Kingdom Come. It's fantastic, and it's about the ways in which American religion has been orchestrated and designed to um, deal with abortion and gay rights and how these really aren't things that are talked about in the Bible. And so if you are convincing yourself that they are, maybe you should read a little bit more. But the most important thing for me is just about women's health and women's ability to make informed choices so if people are going to choose life i want them to and i don't even like that word choice if they're going to sustain their pregnancy and have a baby then i want them to do so with all the information and then don't you think that's a better idea who could hate that idea well i think like that's the most frustrating thing right like if you really believe that you're right you should trust people to have all the actual factual information to make their decision. Because it should stand up. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like if you've got all the answers and you're Mr. Uh, pro-life, anti-choice, then you should be fine with people getting all the information because then they would still make that choice yeah. to maintain their pregnancy. What's the big, what, oh, it makes me so mad. Well, I think it comes down, and this is like my speculation because I've never been an old white man standing out of a health clinic. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I think it comes down to this paternalistic thing. Well, like, they don't know better. We need to make this choice for them. Like, it's not, it's not trusting. I'll kill everyone. Yeah. They're, you know. We don't trust them, so we're going to do, you know, we need to leave them to this decision. That's Which is so obviously, gross. that's pretty problematic. <sighs> Sarah's insane. I'm just like, if men <laughs> were the one who had children. I know. I mean, this one, it would be. Make, so many things would be different. You could, it would be like, they would have like, like the equivalent of a drive through service. For this. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, oh, here's, I'm like preparing I'm for the sure. hate mail though. Oh, I'm, I, I know. And you know what? I'm so glad Susie's the one who sorts through that, not me. So, <laughs> Guys, how can I handle 
Jessica. Yeah. Do you get hate mail? Um, like, do people write you and say, like they do to me when I wrote that article, I hope you're happy being complicit in the mass murder of babies. I've been called, <laughs> you know, like a Nazi. I've been called a murderer. Oh. I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which is also interesting because, like, walking into my workplace, it's like, sometimes like these people see me almost pretty frequently and it's like how quickly do you think I'm getting pregnant and aborting every day like I don't know <laughs> but I mean I think the biggest thing and what's overwhelming is like talking to talking to the opposite side like talking to women who have come to me who I'm not close with who I have no relationships with who will share their abortion story with me and afterwards have this like weight that's been lifted from their shoulders because they're like I'm so glad I got to share this with somebody oh uh, man we should and, have a hotline, me oh, and you, Sarah. God. You we know should what? just, like, tell people to call us. And I, I really think, too, just, like, when people are awful, when they say those horrible mm-hmm. things. Awful. It's like, this is why what I'm doing is important. Like, it's kind of like, this is horrible. And, like, I'm not going to lie, you know, there are some days when I've gone home and, like, felt really hurt just because it's like, how can people be this hurtful and say that they love women, you know? But... It's like, well, this is why this is why what I'm doing matters. This what is, is up with that lady from Roe v. Wade that now changed her mind? And she's like a shill for the evangelicals. Do you know her? Actually, no. no. Who is yeah. I have to look this up. Roe. Oh, oh, like, actually, Ro, like, Roe? <laughs> okay, yeah, I do know who you're talking Are about. Are you yes. kidding me? Yes. I, um, I have not read her book, but I've looked her up, and I'm just so <sighs> confused. I don't understand. <laughs> I gotta look her up. Anyway, I just all I know is that she was the what is it? Normally, McCorvey. Right? Would that be plaintiff? Uh huh. Yeah. Right, and yeah. she was saying women should be able to have abortions, and now she does like a speaking tour oh my with God. evangelicals where she says i regret it i was wrong um i don't know if it's she just a money making thing or what she has pushed she has her regrets. life to overturning it <laughs> i gotta have her on here oh my goodness oh, I mean, if that's yeah. her experience i feel for her i'm so sorry for her but like i'm not she, well the fact that she would try to impose that on other people like i gotta be honest I regret one of my tattoos. I don't think tattoos are legal for everyone because you might one day regret it. Um, and uh, it comes back to like, we need to trust women to make their own decisions. That's it, you know? Yeah. And, my God. Um, she is in the, the vast minority also who does. And if she regrets her experience, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, that's valid, but she shouldn't be pushing that on other people. Mm-mm. No, I am sorry if she regrets oh, it, but God. I'm not. She needs to zip it. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career? Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Well, mm. hold on. 
Hold on a minute. What did I want? I had something I wanted to ask you. Uh, 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 um, all right. Well, I can't think of it, but how can we, moving forward with this episode, like, what should we tell people, like, if they want information and to be thoughtful about their votes and their decision yeah, and reproductive health. this is what it health. comes down to. People need to actually vote. What you can we to, tell uh, them? You need to please, Absolutely. please, people, um, please I vote. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no. Voting is absolutely imperative. Like the little elections that you think don't matter, the ones that MTV isn't doing a whole thing about, like a whole rock the vote. The local elections, everything matters. That plays a part, people. That's that's completely true because like if you look at the landscape of everything that's happened over like even just the past six years, there's been literally hundreds of bills that have been you know have been passed around reducing women's rights to choose and that leads into other rights like we talked about like you know um access to healthcare centers to affordable birth control to everything and it happens at these state elections this mm-hmm. has been happening state by state and right well we had a victory last week with the supreme court they're not going to stop they're going to keep happening they're yeah. probably going to try a different angle uh but We've seen what happens um, in elections when women's health advocates are in office. Um, In Texas, over 30 clinics were closed, and a quarter of a million women tried to have their own abortions. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah, that's when Samantha Bee told that that guy, she said to the the director, she said, I think you're wrong. He goes, I think you're wrong. And she was like, you're the wrong ear. You're the more wrong <laughs> And then it came out last crazy. week and she was like, actually, he was the wrongiest because there were more women who died because of botched home abortions. That's so sad. So he is the wrongiest. And yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, Roe v. Wade, uh, Sarah, you were saying, like, this has been going on for forever like Susie, you said, this was a very political move to make this, like, a thing people were talking about. But, like, when abortions have happened for a really long time. Roe v. Wade was the end of women dying from them. and Because um, that's not going to stop happening. Yeah, exactly. People are so, pro-life. Then let's think about the women that were dying before. Yes. And that's what we really need to be cognizant of. So, like, it's fantastic the Supreme Court ruling was, you know, came out in women's favor. But, um... A lot of these laws that have passed, hundreds of laws across the country, they happened in, you know, local state governments. So your local senators, your local Congress people, they were passing laws, which basically said, you know, your rights are determined by your zip code. And that's really mm-hmm. not Oh, that's terrible. Um, wow. So, yeah, voting, finding out who you're voting for. These mm. state, smaller elections, they really have so much impact. Yeah. Can't say well, all right. We got a lot to think about. Sure <laughs> Jessica, do you have um, a website that people could go to, or do you know any resources that are helpful for people? If you don't, that's okay. We can. I just thought maybe you would know. Sure. Uh, the Goop, the Guttmacher Institute has a lot of wonderful statistics about abortion and reproductive health. Um, I would say that you know, if you don't have um, an affordable healthcare provider, Planned Parenthood is always wonderful to check out. That's uh, why I always used. Hell yeah, they they um they really help people out based on they meet people where they are. Um, you won't get turned away if you don't have funds. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, especially with things like you know cervical cancer, things that can don't need to be really serious. That if you don't yep. get them out, can be really serious. It's really important to just make sure you're getting taken care of. So 
um, that's a great resource too. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the Thank show. You. you are such a great help because it's a lot for people and there's a lot of information. So we let have me, to screenshot her because she's yeah, so screenshot. cute. Let's Get right be in front clear. of the screen. This was oh not... my God. Adorable. Look at her cute hair. <laughs> <laughs> this was in no way like a like two-sided conversation right, right. and i'm not uh, even going to pretend yeah. like we are even-handed because oh, i have I no can't, interest I can't in that be. i'm not gonna, <laughs> like i hello what are we who who am i gonna have on I'm you're listening to the wrong him. podcast yeah. if you wanted to hear the other side although i would love to have some cuckoo on that would like to debate us we That'd can have be johnny fun. bananas on because he's anti i'm sure he is he is a that. dick so, so he doesn't know do that like you will never, if you're really against abortion, you're a guy, have that conversation with a girl before you have sex with her because it's her decision. Still. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Preach. right. And I have a good feeling he's not sitting down and talking about that over a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, we love you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 I mean, there's so I had like, you know, well, I mean, I didn't write them down, but questions that I were going to, I was going to ask you because I really think that article, if you guys haven't read it out there, who did you do it for? Salon.com? Vox. Fox. Oh, it was for Fox? No. Vox. Oh, V-O-X. V-O-X. I was like, wow, Klein. Fox really going out on a limb there with that liberal article. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't have. Them. Yeah. Vox. No, but it really is interesting because I think hearing from somebody who was on the pro-life side for a long time and for all the same reasons that the people who are on that side now are for, you know, you, you really did believe that in your heart of hearts. So to have that kind of change of heart or what I want to emphasize is that I know that if a person is pro-life, I understand the sincere motivations, yes. right? So what I want them to think about is something that I learned in graduate school, which is that um, Eastern religions, like Buddhists, for example, they wonder, so in the West, we often wonder, where does life begin, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a big problem, because if you believe life begins at conception, that is a that is a big concern, right? So it's like, okay, life begins at conception. If you end that, pregnancy then you are creating committing murder i get it people in the east buddhists for example wonder when does death begin Uh right so they won't bury people for days because they worry are they really dead you hear about people like coming to life at their funerals right and so they think do you die when you take your last breath do you die when your heart stops do you Uh die when your hair stops do you die? <laughs> You're so cute. Do you die? Well, it just adds later because like if you just follow, you know, it's like little trail of breadcrumbs. Like if you follow any of these things too far one direction, then you will have these I very firm ideas that you can't. Yeah. And they all are based on whichever trail of breadcrumbs you freaking Yeah, follow. so just know if you're a person that says, of course life begins at conception and you're a murderer if you end life after that, just know that's not so clear for everyone, number one. And number two, other cultures don't even think about that. They're not worried about it in the same way that you're not wondering when does somebody die. 
and that's exactly what i was saying when i was talking like totally i mean i this came out of left field when i brought this up but what i was saying when i was saying for me spiritually the point of life is totally different like the point where life starts Mm -hmm. is totally different because i really believe that like you know, uh, your body is just the car and the driver is the soul and the soul can get out of any car and go into any car when it wants, you know, and if that car, like, you know, you start, you turn it over and the, the battery's dead. Okay. Well, you hop out of that car and you go and find another car. So in my mind, you know, if there's a woman who becomes pregnant and then is, it's not the right time and place in her life to care for that child and to give that child the best life, then you total the car but the driver's still there and the driver's like hanging out in the wings and then, you know, you get a new car and then you get pregnant later and the same little soul enters that body. And I feel the exact, and I honestly, it sounds like, it sounds difficult in, in this context, but if there's somebody who has a miscarriage, I think of it the exact same way. If you get pregnant and then you have a miscarriage, same little soul is going to come down to you later. That little, you just lost the car. The car's gone. That little soul goes back up and sits in line and waits to come down and join you again. And that's all it is. It's the exact same thing in my, my belief, my spiritual belief, like the same way I allow anybody else to have their spiritual beliefs. This is my spiritual belief. And I just think that that's whenever that, you know, little driver's ready and that car is ready and everything's perfect, then he hops in and, you know, all engines fire. Have you ever had an abortion? I have not. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. No, and I would tell I you. Like, is this I would be absolutely tell you if explosive? I did. explosive? You know what? I wouldn't. But, but I will say I had one time where I'm pretty sure I had a miscarriage and which was, it was on my honeymoon and it was traumatizing didn't i tell you about it never yeah it was very traumatizing and i don't know what happened but something definitely not biologically right came out of my body oh my god and i it was so i couldn't even deal with it i had to land and like go get out i'm not kidding i don't know what it was i don't know what it what it it, it was like no, I should have. But that's it, how I felt when I thought I had a tapeworm. I, well, yeah, same kind <laughs> of thing. After I flushed that down, I was like, "What was <laughs> should that?" Should have taken a picture of that. No, but I, it could have been. It could have been just like you know, like a clot or something like that. But Yikes, it was still that's horrible. Enough to where I was, but I I was late, and there were a bunch of other signs, and oh my so god, so I, I just freaked out, and it was traumatic. But I thought the same thing. Okay, little little driver will hop back in in another time, and yeah, when the car's ready. I mean, it's not that simple for most people, and I do understand that. And, of course, that's the you know. But I'm 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 almost to the point where I don't understand that. Like when I say oh, I understand, because I've been there, I understand in that way. But now that I know what I know, I don't understand because I feel like if you knew what I know, like if you do your research, mm-hmm. then at minimum mm-hmm. you would allow other people to make a certain choice. I'm Absolutely. Not I'm not suggesting that if everybody that should be like, truth. yeah, bombs away. Who cares? I'm not. What, do what is your, what, what is within the framework of your beliefs? Honestly. But allow other people to do what's in the framework of, that's what I was saying. It's like, you can't tell me that you have the right to practice. That's why I was saying it's my 
spiritual belief. And I have the right to practice my spiritual belief. You have the right to practice yours. Go ahead. I won't bother you. Yeah. But you have to let me practice mine. That is totally, you know, fine with this. We are going to get so much hate mail. I know. I'm dreading. I'm not even going to open it. Because you know what? I've heard it. I lived it. It's kind of like me and Snapchat. You know, you never know when it might be a penis pic. (laughs) I picketed. I, God, I, you did. What did I, your sign say? When I was a kid, when I was like ten to twelve, did you even really know what the what it meant? I did. You did, and I was into it. Suze, tell Honestly, me about that. Well, because to a child, oh, you're you're taking a side and you're, you're standing and you're saying, for justice. Why would someone kill right, their baby? Of course, and it's such an easy thing to in a it's child's an easy head to make thing it. Yes, to teach your kids. Yes, absolutely. Like I could do it to my kid right now. Someone wanted to kill their baby. Can you believe that? <gasps> he I would hate stand those baby there killers. Now. Yes, he, he would. He would stand there now. Of course he would. He would be like, "Why would someone do that, Mama?" So, oh I my God, was conditioned to see it as that, and I was like, "They are irresponsible sluts." And they don't want to take responsibility for their decision to have sex. And and they are now punishing their babies. I believe that with all my heart. And then uh, because I believe that, I volunteered at a crisis pregnancy center, which if you're not familiar, is the pro-life equivalent to Planned Parenthood, where they provide nothing except bad advice. <laughs> and I realized whilst working there that... Oh, there's so much more to this story than like life or death or murder or or not. This is something different. This is like women are being manipulated. So now I know. But I get it in the sense that I made I made that same call politically and theologically and now I know better. Mm-hmm. And you can know better too. And that doesn't mean you end up being pro-choice. Maybe you'll still be pro-life. And if you are pro-life, it's great if that's this choice for you. Yeah, see that word? Choice. Choice. <laughs> like, the same way, uh, you don't get to tell somebody whether they have to or don't have to have a Christmas tree. You don't get to tell somebody. What, I just feel like you're... It's, People it's, it's are like, going to be mad that you made that I know. The analogy is like babies are not a Christmas tree. I know that they're going to say that. Yeah, can All it. I'm, I know, we know. Can it. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're probably going to be mad at me for that, too. Listen, right. I you get the point. All okay. I'm saying is, like, live and let live and let each person live and do that. They would say, I you know. know. <laughs> I hear it. As soon as it comes out of my mouth, I hear it. Uh, there's no win. Or maybe they're going to oh, be with excuse us. Me. You know, I'm just saying, be informed. Be informed. And that's this was a I'll totally say. one-sided conversation. We know that. Yeah. And we're fine with it. Totally. Thanks for listening to the Brain Candy <laughs> Podcast. We love you. Even you pro-lifers. All of you. Bye. If that's your choice. Bye. If that's your choice.